Welcome to Ending Pending. This is a podcast where we talk about television shows that have only lasted for a single season. I am your host and your lover, Andy. Um, no, you're you're my lover. You got oh. that mixed up. Oh, I'm I'm Evan, and I'm Andy's lover. Okay, I, I'm Ronnie, and I'm a very platonic best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for thanks for putting the very in there. Yeah, we, we man. weren't sure. No well, homo. I mean, I, I don't want there to be any confusion. You have struck me as a little bi curious, Ronald. I don't know if that's true or not. If you've ever been curious, but I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I am, I am boring and cishead as you can be. I think. Okay, my life was changed today, for the better. Ooh. I I took a a time machine. To the tasty future, but the future is now. I had a calzone that was inside of a pretzel, and mm. it, it was it was incredible. It was the best thing. Like it was very much still a pretzel. It was very much still sure. a calzone. Also, side note: Leslie Nope is wrong. Ben Wyatt is right. Calzones are amazing, and they're a gift. And uh, yeah. putting one inside of a pretzel is the greatest thing humanity has ever done. All right. As the resident, like, food person on this podcast, you're going to need to do a little bit more description on this magical food that, you, that you've consumed. Was it, like, a calzone with just the, like, the outer dough was just pretzel dough? It, the, the outer dough was, in fact, pretzel dough, and, like, it had some – it was a traditional, like – Italian chicken calzone, and then the outer dough was pretzel, and then it had salt and like that like butter stuff that they lather it in, mm-hmm. and then uh, like Parmesan cheese on top. But like the ricotta was amazing, and it was delicious. That sounds really good. And, and so, right? So my question for you guys is that now that like I've experienced a piece of the future, <laughs> and now that we are going to be talking about uh, almost human. What what do you guys like? What do you want from the future? If you could pick one piece of future tech from like popular culture, what would you grab? I want Starbucks drone delivery. Ooh. I want I want the drone. I want a coffee drone to come to my bedroom window in the morning and tap lightly on my window, and I just reach out and retrieve my coffee. But how would I get? Way. How would I get all my attention? From flirting with customers, um, I mean, people would still go to the Starbucks. Like, people would still physically. There's, go to- there's fucking drone baristas. No. How's my coffee gonna stay warm when it's flying through the, the drone. air? Look, this is the future, Ronnie. I don't have to explain I, everything. I mean, I feel like you do. I feel I like, feel like the drone uh, could you, keep it warm. Have you heard of Yeti cups? Because those the are fucking thing. robot keeps the coffee warm in the goddamn show we just watched. That's fair. Yeah. Fuck That's you, fair. Ronnie. I feel, like I, was, I feel like I was almost leading into that. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I my piece of future tech. Would, I got really angry there, Ronnie. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's. I mean, listen, we're lo- we're all a little bit punchy. Okay. Um, my future tech would definitely be George Jetson's fold-up car into a briefcase because I hate parking so much. That was your vision of hell when we discussed that for a yes. previous banter. Yes, yes. Trying to find a parking spot, <laughs> that is, yeah. That is very astute of you, Evan. 
that I am like looking for jobs right now and applying for jobs, and like I could either travel mm, forty five minutes to a job or an hour to a job, but have ample parking, or travel like twenty minutes and have to park in the city. And you know what your boy is is, uh, is looking for? He's looking for that nice suburban ample parking over the uh, over the congested. Oh, meter. Having to find a meter and thinking about maybe having quarters when I definitely know I don't have quarters. Who carries change anymore? Oh, oh it have, sounds terrible. They have an app terrible. for that now. You don't even have to use quarters. Yeah, but I don't go to the city enough to know it, and then I would have to download it on the spot, and it, it would just be a whole thing. I'd rather just have my car fold up into a briefcase. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, that's obviously, <laughs> no matter where you live, that's a good alternative to right. just parking in general. I love that you chose the Jetsons briefcase car and not Iron Man's briefcase Iron Man suit. Um, that would also choice. that would also be efficient for commuting, just yeah. having an Iron Man suit. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like I would get real sweaty in an Iron oh, Man suit. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair, fair yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you'd have to, like, complete... That's a I whole mean, RDJ's never sweaty, but... But, like, RDJ's going... Comic book going Iron Man gets pretty sweaty. Right, and he's going to do Iron Man stuff. If I'm, yeah. like, going to, like, be a social media coordinator at, like, a bank or something, I don't need to be sweaty on the way there. Like, people aren't going to understand, like, oh, he was just Iron Manning it up out there. Just tell him that you took a bike. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very tight, sweaty bike that's, like, making my skin all Have pretty. you seen cyclists, though? They're gross. Yeah, they're no, fucking gross. I get you. I get you. I think they're better yeah. than us, too. Yeah. Gosh, oh healthy goodness. people. What what do you want your one thing from the future to be besides a calzone that's also a pretzel? Oh man. Well, if I really had to pick anything, <laughs> BB-8. <laughs> Not even for tech reasons, just for friendship reasons. Yeah, I want to be friends with BB-8. Mm-hmm. And also, he could fix my car. My car concerns me a lot. Sure. And it's also orange, so like, yeah, they'd be friends too. BB8 mm-hmm. would be, but BB8 can't like climb stairs. Oh, I'd feel real bad for taking BB8 from Poe though. So maybe like my own, my own BB droid. I don't know. Like I don't want to ruin Poe's friendship with BB8. So like, you can my, have the BB9E. No, BB9E's definitely evil, and I'm Black not and comfortable red. with that. But like my yeah, own, but it could BB be like a fun droid, little like, like comedy thing you guys have of like BB nine E. Did you poison my coffee? And BB nine E's like. Mah, mah. Now that you got two future things. Well, the one was in the present. Not to hear you talk about it, it wasn't. It was amazing. I do feel like I time traveled. It was it was delightful. Anyway, now that you got two things, let's uh, let's talk about the future show. Yeah, the future. The future show, almost human. Which, should I pause to give you a chance to make a vampire joke about that actor who mm, I don't know? No, I was gonna, I was gonna hold off. Oh, okay. Well, I've called you out now. Just let it be. Known. I'm still gonna make one later, though, when you don't expect it. <laughs> okay. So dastardly. Um. So almost human. Uh, it's sort of a buddy cop show, but in almost human, one of the buddies is a human who is played by Carl Urban, named John Kennex. And the other buddy is uh, an android who has emotions and free will, apparently. Yeah, so it's set in the uh, sort of middle-distant future, I guess is what you would categorize that as, uh, where police officers are now required to have android partners for all the obvious advantages that that 
gifts. Anyway, uh, we watched the first three episodes of Almost Human. In the first episode, we're introduced to Detective John Kennix. He has been in a coma for like a year and a half because his partner was killed in some kind of raid and he lost his leg and he's feeling a lot of angst about it and uh, his supervisor convinces him to come back in because she tells him they have information on the drug cartel that he was investigating when he lost his partner and his leg. He is told that he has to get assigned a robot, and he's very grumpy about this because he blames the robot for uh, the incident where his old partner got killed and where he lost his leg. So He now has a robo-leg. He has a robo-leg, and he hates the robo-leg. He's very grumpy about all things robo. He hates the robot. He murders the robot by throwing it out of his car, and then they're like, well, fuck, we'll just give you this shitty robot who is Michael Ely, who's a beautiful, beautiful man. And um, he's a he's a different robot with emotions. Uh, so yeah, that that's the that's the gist of the first episode. It sets up. There's a tiny little case that they they deal with, but Carl Urban's character grows to like the robot in spite of hating robots. Uh, episode two, they investigate the disappearances of a couple of women. And turns out that uh, an Albanian sex bot manufacturing organization is kidnapping women and harvesting, I mean, not directly harvesting, but using their DNA to make skin for the sex bots, which is illegal. So there's a lot of sex bots in that episode, and they rescue the women and everything is fine. Uh, Episode three... A group of gangsters uh, takes a bunch of people hostage, and they're making demands of the police department, and uh, Detective Kennex and Dorian, who is his sexy robot friend, get into the building and fuck up their plans. A little bit diehard style, a little bit diehard flavored. But everything turns out fine. Let's go ahead and, uh, and we'll jump right into that. Andy! Yeah. What was successful about episodes one, two, and three of Almost Human for you? Um, Michael Ely is very attractive. Mm. He is. Like, he's very, very handsome. Um, he's really good looking. (laughs) You're making it sound like the show's crappy. No, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) I just get very distracted every time I'm watching the show. I want him to read audiobooks for me, too. Uh, He's got a great voice. Anyway, um, besides just, like, the eye candy that is Michael Ely. And Carl um, Urban. Say nice things. I mean, Carl, Carl Urban's also okay. Say nice things about him. That's your job. Okay. Um, what else is great about Almost Human? This is going to be, uh, <clears throat> like, a tiny detail, but I mentioned it in Dresden, how I thought they had a great prop department. I think Almost Human, for the most part, has a pretty good prop department. Uh, every good, like... Hero needs an iconic gun, and I think uh, Kenix's gun is like a really cool future-looking gun. It looks very realistic. Um, the other future guns are all right, but I especially liked, like uh, Kenix's pistol. It's um, real chunky. It looks a lot like Deckard's from Blade Runner, and it just reminded me of that. It's a good gun. It's a good pistol. 
I grew up in a very Republican family. We like guns. Um, what else is good about Almost Human? Uh, I really like that the police chief is a lady, but she's not written like a lady police chief. She's just written like a police chief. Uh, she's very well acted, too. I, I don't know who that actress is, but she's doing a killer job. Um, I really like the concept that, like, future technology is expanding so rapidly that there's really no way for not only like the cops to keep up with it but for like congress and the government to regulate it that like it's just coming out so quick that it's impossible to like stay on top of things like it's 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 very dystopian it feels kind of like 2099 um cyberpunk games but it's uh yeah, it's it, it's scary. Like it feels like that could happen someday. Um, I like that whenever Kenix does abuse someone's civil rights, his robo buddy calls him out on it. Uh, if only that happened in real life. Uh, if only. What else? Uh, I love the Star Wars reference in the Die Hard episode when Kenix was on the phone. That was really well placed. And I love how episode three is literally Die Hard. Like, everything about episode three is just diehard, and it was really well done. Um, I, I feel like that's how you do an homage episode. I liked in episode two that there were male sex bots. Good yes. good job there. And um, if you were just to compare that episode with the other dick from Dresden, it's like night and day how you do an episode about, like, sex and crime on a cop yeah. procedural like i will say i wrote down that even though it was m done much better it was still a really horny episode yeah i mean it was definitely a horny episode without a doubt yeah mm -hmm. but um i feel like it was handled in a, a more uh appropriate way mm -hmm. yeah definitely and like you got like you, you got to know that if there's robo cops there's there's very obviously like People are using that technology for sex. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's just how people are. <laughs> right. And, like, they don't make any bones about that, like, in the precinct itself. They're, like, very, like, yeah, it's part of the culture. That man's a hero kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the like douchebag cop is very much a douchebag. Yes, yes. But the, the idea that, like, sex-related crimes have massively decreased, it's like, oh, well, that's probably a good thing. Right. Which... And I'll kind of start moving towards my positives. Let's hear um, it. I think that this show plays with some really interesting concepts. Um, I am not super familiar with the, as much as I should be, like the android um, tropes in movies and TV. I have not seen Blade Runner or the new Blade Runner. I've not seen, I guess, Minor Minority Report is another one, or Detroit, or any of the, of the new. I, I, I really think the most important like piece of pop culture when it comes to androids is uh this season two episode of star trek's the, the star trek the next generation where uh they put data on trial to determine if he is human or not hmm. or not human obviously he's not human he's an android but to sure. determine if sure. he is a person or not right yeah so like i just would say isaac asimov anything related to isaac asimov gets as you well a, yeah, yeah i robot sure. stuff yeah. sure and, and, like, 
I I just am enjoying them kind of playing in this world of like, yeah, like sex robots are a thing and they're all over the place and it's rampant. But, you know, is that okay? Because we have sex crimes down all this crazy amount. Like it just presents these really like a really unique future um, that I haven't often seen before. And I I like the way that they're playing with that. And it seems like they're going to keep going with those kind of tropes and those kind of concepts and, and kind of devoting a whole episode to that kind of technology, which is exciting. Um, my One of my favorite parts is that I got to see uh, Carl Urban twice this weekend. Once today, watching episodes one, two, and three of uh, Almost Human, and also once in Thor Ragnarok. He did good in I was, Thor. He did good. I was looking up at him. I was like, he, his he, face looks so familiar. Yeah. His jawline is so, so familiar. Who, who is that? I was like, oh, that's that's Evan's sweet, sweet Kiwi boy. I know who that is. <laughs> he, he he did a lot with a very small role. I was uh, pretty impressed yeah. with it. Yeah, it was it was quite good. I enjoyed that. Um, but back to Almost Human. Um, yeah, the writing is is it's just like I don't know if it's because we're coming off such of a cold shot to the face with Dresden Files, but like the writing seems so much better. Um I have enjoyed kind of the the way that they are making Dorian's lines like I express most data colloquially to make you more comfortable. Like it's I'm running my, that, I'm running my colloquial colloquialism routine. So I express most data conversationally, man. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's like the, the exposition is, is a lot cleaner. Like, I, I, it's because Dorian has to explain why he's doing things the way that he is doing them and kind of the world around him. And so I've really enjoyed that. Holy shit, their relationship, their friendship is so good. Yeah. And, like, their chemistry together as actors is really strong. Like, the whole bit about the, the salad, the, the olive oil, I was going to say salad dressing, but the olive oil... Like, that whole bit running throughout the episode is hilarious and feels really genuine. And, like, coming off of Dresden and Murphy, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just, like, I I at first felt like that relationship jumped a beat because John Kennex learns that his ex-girlfriend was one of the terrorists that uh, blew off his leg and killed his partner and he immediately like tells that to Dorian right away, and I was like, "That's that's a big leap to this to tell this robot stuff." But then if you look at it like through the guise of the show, it's like for John, it's probably like, "Well, I'm gonna kick this guy out of a car if he like talks to me the wrong way in like 20 minutes, so I can just tell him whatever I want. It doesn't matter. He could be a sounding board." And then like that, it's like talking to your coffee machine, right? Like he, he the response he gets is not the response from the. Um, the androids he's gotten before and it is able to kind of build a platform for a further friendship. One thing Dorian says is like um, when he's talking about the newer models he says sometimes newer technology isn't better and I feel like that's just going to be the theme of the show of just like technology is is changing and advancing and driving but like is it really better that we have all this? Like I feel like we're going to be coming back to that a lot. Um, I love that it's 2048 and segways are still the primary uh mode of transportation <laughs> through like uh, I noticed that big warehouses i was just like ah uh, that i'll come back to that later it, there's there's something with i agree the guns look cool but there's something with props that i'm just like a little 
iffy on. Oh, I, I other... have a few props that uh, I'm going sure, to point out yeah. in my negatives as I have well. One, I have one in particular that I'm. I think I'm, it's yeah, the same. I'm I think on, it's, it's all the same one. It's, it's very, very obvious <laughs> and blinking and, and flashing. Um, <laughs> um, Yo. Yeah, I, I thought it was cool how they like. I did see the dude sex bots in the back, um, but it wasn't like oh. But we also have men's sex. Like, they weren't, like, like trying to, like, reel people in. Like, look how progressive things are. It was just like, yep, this is the future. You would have male They're sex spots. And you'd, probably, you'd probably have fewer, but you'd still have, like, good ones. You'd still have some top-notch ones. Um, and going back to, like, the horniness of episode two, I want – this This could be our first foray into, like, merchandising for this podcast. I want a T-shirt. That has Carl Urban's face right on it, looking, giving that look, that Carl Urban smirk that says, like, I'm interested in what you're saying, but also I don't really give a shit. That just says, don't scan my testicles. <laughs> and then on the back, it'll say, ever again. Uh, out, out of context, that'll really be an adventure, wearing that yeah, shirt. Yeah, I, I, I really, uh, I think we should, we should put that out on the ending pending store. I, I really, I didn't realize that this was, like, a diehard remake basically is what you're saying oh without but, doubt yeah but i like the twists and turns that took place in there like it gave me the thrill that i was missing all dressed in files long of like right. oh there's a twist oh i think i get it i think i understand and they like they feed you a little bit at a time instead of like either nobody has any idea until the end or like you have the idea the entire time and you're like come on come on pick it up pick it up pick it up like on. let's uh let's let's throw it over to the grand explanation here of exactly why this show is perfect. Evan, what was successful about these three episodes for you? I, I mean, I don't think it's perfect, but uh, okay. I I do love this show. I have seen it all the way through uh, more than once. Uh, I recommended it for the podcast. I really love it. Um, and what I love most about it is this philosophical notion that they have gotten into this conundrum where and this is explained in the first episode uh dorian the uh robot that detective john kennex is assigned to after he murders his first one uh has a program that makes it behave as though it has free will so there's a lot of sci-fi that gets into, like, well, what if robots develop free will? Like, what if we program to do something and they creatively make connections and, and develop a, a, a consciousness and, like, become people? Um, and this is sort of a new angle that I had never seen before on that idea. But in this case, it's what if we made a robot that acts that is designed specifically to act like a human. So it has, it acts as though it has opinions and it acts as though it has free will. Then it becomes even more difficult to determine like if the robot is actually capable of coming to its own conclusions or if it's doing that specifically because it's programmed to do that around humans to make them feel more comfortable so it seems human. So it's a really, like, funny gray area of, like, artificial intelligence that's super, super, super interesting. And they, like, 
sort of dip into it just a little tiny bit in each episode. Besides that, it's just a good, like, cop procedural show. Um, I was looking into uh, why it got canceled specifically, because I don't think it's generally regarded to be a bad show. And the looks like the main reason it got canceled was because the 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 budget was too high like the the effects department and stuff was too expensive it's a real shame cuz there was a lot there was a lot that the show was just starting to dig into in these first couple of episodes like the robot free will thing um the like relationship between the robot and the person and it's just it's got a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff in this show. The banter's delightful. This is probably the best banter I've ever seen in a TV show. So that's 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 as deep as I'll get. Sure. Uh, okay. So there were certainly some things that I kind of looked at with suspect eyes. Andy, Yeah. what about these three episodes failed for you? Um, I mean, do we all want to say it at once? The glowing ray the, of light. The ray of light jewelry. Yeah, yeah. There's there is a scene in the first episode where a criminal is in the police police station and he like coughs up a little like it's like a surveillance device. It's supposed to be a surveillance device or whatever. Uh, no, it's is it it's a, a bomb? bomb? It's a yeah. bomb. I'm sorry. Yeah. He coughs up this little tiny uh, blinking piece of led rave jewelry from circa 2005 you can buy those on amazon or something yeah that's exactly the year that i wrote down that this is like (laughs) the hottest boardwalk toy in the wildwood new jersey boardwalk of 2005 yep it's one of those little like little tiny like metal things with three leds and a single watch battery in it and it's got a magnet on the back and you like put it on your ear and it pinches real bad but you know it's cool. It's cool if it's two thousand five and you paid it was it was seven ninety nine for it. Um, yeah, I I don't know how the prop department got that got that through. I don't know how no one said certainly that, we can do better. That was right. they had to reshoot that scene and they had run out of money. No, I'm making that up. I have no idea. But yeah, like, no, I'm sure bad. that's what it, I mean. Like what like you said, Andy. Like they ran out of money on the special effects, and it's like they certainly just let the props kind of be props, like. Even even in like the later episode when when um, Carl Urban um, hits the alarm clock, that is a very very standard mundane alarm clock that they just dressed up with some special effects to make it like a digital display in the air, and it's like, okay, I'll give you that. Like that's He's got a that's retro fine. alarm clock. Yeah, sure. Um, but like this was just like. All right, here's this super sophisticated bomb and glitter toy, and no yeah, like no extra bad. like bells and whistles that added to bad. it at all. Uh, in in one or two scenes, there's like those uh, they're probably like 2008, but like those three wheeled motorcycles mm-hmm. uh, that like the cops are riding, and I was just like, that's a little that's a little cheesy. They still have those. I know they still have those, but like I don't. I, I I was twenty forty eight like they're they're gonna have those like in twenty forty eight we'll all be riding three wheel motorcycles and eating pretzel cows like those those things are very are very modern 
but in modern day, they're trying to be futuristic. So I feel like they just kind of threw them into the futuristic show. And listen, this show's really good, all right? If I'm going to dig up some, like, complaints, I'm going to have to dig. That dick cop is kind of unnecessary. Like, he, he's just there to be a dick and complain. Yeah, I wrote in my notes, Oh, look, the dick character. You can tell because he immediately says something dickish. Like, as soon as the main character shows up, he's just like, and just says something asshole-ish. My, my biggest complaint, and uh, the show could turn it around for me, but currently my biggest complaint is the man pain, evil ex-girlfriend thing going on. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care about that subplot. I feel like the show's really going to care about it, and I don't care about it. And uh, I don't think the show is going to do much to be able to make me care about it. But it's just, it's it's boring. I don't need it. Carl Urban got his partner killed and his leg blown off. Like, he's got enough issues. I don't think they need to add an evil ex-girlfriend terrorist to, to the mix. Um, and uh, anytime Carl Urban is, like, moping about her, I don't, I don't care. The girlfriend man pain is my biggest complaint about the show overall. Because luckily they don't spend too, 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 too much time dwelling on it, thankfully. But in the first episode, they dwell on it a lot. Yeah, like, he's, it's exhausting. He keeps replaying that like uh, video message from like two years ago of his like girlfriend. And like, I agree with you. It's totally unnecessary. It's very like patronizing like oh another oh no your girlfriend oh what happened to her oh pining so much um so yeah like plot wise uh writing wise that has always been my biggest issue with this show is the the boohoo ex-girlfriend she's a terrorist oh no or something (laughs) also you don't find out that she's a terrorist until the very end of the of the first episode so he spends the whole first episode just like moping as though she's like maybe dead or something like that and you're like oh they they literally used the same plot point for the macgyver reboot television show and it's like i've seen this before like it's been done it's it's not interesting in their care. defense, they were setting up quite a few plot points with that pilot. Yeah. And uh, rightly, they did not drag that one out. No. They, in, um, th- I mean, through the rest of the episodes. There are other things they carried on, like they mentioned, like, Kenix's father a couple of times, and there's eventually they start to try to get into that. And um, this like drug cartel that they're setting up for that they're setting up some like robot emotional development stuff for dorian so they they threw it in there and then they rightly decided like eh, we should probably drop that one yeah. and they ultimately they did ronald what do you what do you hate um i don't think i hate anything um but some of the things I guess I'm just like, I'm not crazy about police procedurals in general. Sure. Um, you know, we talked a little bit in the in, in the uh, earlier segments about like uh, civil rights and police brutality and stuff like that. And like this show seems to be trying to do a better job with it. 
but it's still just that dynamic of like we know that there's a good guy and we know that there's a bad guy so that everything the good guy does to take out the bad guy is justified and it's like that's just not the way that the world works and not something i'm super comfortable with like being my like primary entertainment like even the fact that like this is this is 2048 this is a you know however long in the future from when it was created and it's like this is the future that like those people who are fear-mongering want us to believe is going to be the future this is like the the crime ridden like disparate like every there are no laws and everyone is just doing whatever they want because we never established order here in 2017 and it's like it, it, it even though that there is hope established with the fact that Dorian um, sees the world through different eyes than just clear logic and justice and order. Um, it's still just, they're all playing in this world of like, this is a bad place and we have to do what we have to do in order to take, to make this place better, even though it's not going to get better. And it just feels a little, feels a little bit gross. I was, uh, um, I was a bit bummed in episode two when uh, Kenix is like, Hey, hack into the sex people's, Records and Dorian was like, "Don't we need a warrant?" I thought he was going to use his computer abilities to get like a warrant super quick. Sure, but instead yeah. he just broke broke the law, right? And well, he, he civil had to do it civil to rights, get the bad guys, and it's, you know? like, it's just oh, like, oh, come on! That's what I love yeah. about Brooklyn Nine Nine is like mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nine Nine is such a positive like take on on cop shows and um, like they follow the law and do what's right and it's 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 real positive and um i do think that this this show is trying to to be positive and and have cops doing the right thing but uh every so often it still falls into the trope of like right i'm a badass so i'm gonna trample this person's civil rights and it's like oh no don't do that that doesn't make you a badass that makes you a bad person a bad cop i didn't understand why in i guess the second episode when was it the first might have been the first um when the uh cops ai unit was damaged that dorian had to be the one who like could read his thoughts or read his data in order to get the right information when the right information was just a video playing of what happened. Yeah, um, that was a little dumb. It was I, it, at that point, it was the first episode of pilot. They're trying to establish a lot of stuff, but I think they were a little bit rocky in the fiction they were creating and like what, like, like clearly it was just a video that played and like it, it, it didn't make sense. Like they set up like, Oh, you can understand how to read the data differently because you're not like the rest of them. And it's like, we just, you just got him to play the video that he recorded. Like that, it wasn't, it wasn't very, uh, well thought out, uh, well explained there. Um, what else? Um, great lines, great lines in episode two. When, when Dorian says, uh, uh, I don't think that he likes you. And, um, John says, "Well, add him to the list of kids and cats." He's just like, "That really, was a good really, bit. really good, uh, good back and forth between them." Banter's, um, banter's so good. Yeah. Um, Wait till you get to the episode with the robot dick. Oh goodness, <laughs> the other robot dick? No, just um, the. 
Just the, the one. Other, <laughs> the other thing that bums me out, and it, it probably has a little bit to do with my first point, is that like, and again, this is coming from the river. This is coming from after um, Dresden Files. But there's a lot of killing going on in this show. Like they kill people very indiscriminately. And like in we complained about that in the river, how like nobody died and like there were no stakes. And of course, no one really like died in Dresden Files except for like a couple people who some like uh, nameless wardens. Sure. This one is just like, boy, like they just like they're killing no matter what. And I guess they're trying to establish like this world's bad. I don't know if you if you heard the the title sequence, but this is a bad world. (laughs) But it's just like it really like is really jarring. It's just like. Anytime somebody walks into a room, it's like, well, that guy's going to get shot in the head. Mm-hmm. That guy's going to, sh- or, or that guy's going to shoot someone in the head. It's just like, boy, I hope, I hope they get this crime under control. Like, I hope, I hope they break all the civil rights laws in order to get this crime under control. They could use I'm a tired Batman. of seeing all this killing. Yeah, they could use a Batman. Yeah, they, they definitely were, uh, they were trying a little hard on the, um, the sort of like, it's not quite a dystopia, but it's sort right. of like on the slippery slope. Like in this world is on the slippery slope to becoming a dystopia. It's it's a shame that they killed um, Severus Snape Light in the Die Hard episode because they really could have used him. Yeah, he was as a, a recurring villain. He was a creepy guy. Mm-hmm. Although that was just the face maker. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah. the real version of. Uh, Alan Rickman light is still out there somewhere yeah. and they could have brought and him back for season two. And the real version's a bad dude. Cause he's like the, the, the terrorist head yeah. of a terrorist organization. Yeah. On your note it, with how violent the show is, I can't believe they showed that guy hit the ground. Right. Like that was like brutal. That, right. It's, it's like, and this is network TV. This is yeah. not like on sci-fi or some, some like back. That cable was, program. that was remarkably dark. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's just like, like literally, like we we meet a guy like that's and that's a problem I guess I have is that we learn who these characters are, these like no name characters specifically so that we can feel pain when they die for no reason in like ten seconds, like the the front desk clerk and everything like that. Um, it's 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 weird, and I. I don't know if I need to just feel different about it or if the show needs to make me feel different about it. Um, yeah, the only other thing was that when they were uh, clearing out the building in episode three, it was a very traditional, like, fire truck that was doing some work there. Like, a very 2017 fire truck. And it's like, maybe maybe it's just an old school industry. They want to stick to the, the old school stuff. But I feel like they would have had maybe something a little bit more advanced at that time. Yeah. He ran out of money. <laughs> yep. No, definitely. And that's the thing. They like the tech. I, I look at like the the sparkly bomb and the segways and the alarm clocks and fire trucks, and I say like, man, this show does not look very futuristic. But then like he puts on a prosthetic leg that's a robot leg, and it looks good, and it, it like it looks great, and they you know all all of the special I... effects look awesome. I think some of the special effects were a little gratuitous and they didn't manage their budget. Sure. Well. I think that sure. there are some things that I'm like, that's totally unnecessary in that. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was a, like a wide shot, like 
in fairly early on in episode one where like all the buildings are clearly like sleek and like not ordinary buildings and then you mm-hmm. see some like they're not spaceships but like hovercraft like zoom by and i'm like that must have cost money to to yep. animate those into yep. there and they have no bearing on anything like i clearly know that this is like a city in the future i didn't need those zooming I, things. i will say that it does feel like a middle ground between the dystopia of cyberpunk 2099 and current day like it really does feel like it is headed towards a very dark future and like it hasn't happened yet um so like i I I appreciate that they're they're trying to strike like a middle ground between current day and the dystopia dark corporate run future of you know like cyberpunk but yeah i mean it it's 2048, so it literally is right the, middle the middle ground yeah. between now and now and 2099. Cyberpunk <laughs> um, so yeah. 2099 is a very famous uh, tabletop RPG set in a dark distor- like dystopian corporate-run future. If you have not heard of it, it's a good game, and y'all should play it. I was just thinking you were talking about like the Marvel Universe 2099. Oh, no, but yeah. I mean, it's same same thing, yeah. Except for that cartoon. Um, Don't watch that cartoon. It's weird. Yeah. Anywho. Um, Evan, what did you not like? Oh, yeah. Um, what wasn't working for you? The In the Sexbot episode, you don't have to kidnap somebody to get their DNA to synthesize skin out of. Uh, all Literally, all they would need is, like, a coffee cup or something. Like, you don't need to literally harvest someone's skin to grow their DNA. So, like, that as a plot point was a little like eh they could have been they just could have explained that differently um like i said the uh the girlfriend man pain uh thing was not a plot element that worked uh it very tired the man the man pain it's every show is like resting on this to like lend drama to their you know, white male protagonist, and and you don't need it in this show. Like, he's already, like like Andy was saying, he's already got, he's lost so much. He's been in a coma for, like, a year and a half. Like, his life's in shambles, so you don't need this man pain nonsense. Um, uh, and other than that, I, I kind of dropped my bits in there with your bits. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, the, the SFX seem gratuitous in some spots and like bare bones in other spots um the the dick character is sort of unnecessary like he's just overblown as a dick character there to be antagonistic can we headcanon that he is like Kerminsky's like grandson or something (laughs) sure (laughs) Um, and they break the law a fuck ton. Um, like the, in episodes, at least in episodes one and two, indisputably, they break the law. And then in episode three, at the very least, Carl Urban's character pretends to be unable to hear his supervisor on the phone giving him instructions. And he's just like, I'm losing you. Bye. Boring conversation anyway. Yeah. Which was a great bit. (laughs) It was a good bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, he didn't, that's not breaking the law, I guess, but it's certainly not 
doing your job. Speaking of phone calls in episode three, the entire phone call with the hostage Mm -hmm. was really well done. Mm -hmm. And um, it kind of mirrored John McClane talking to um, Carl Winslow outside of Nakatomi Tower. Uh, And it was was really, really well done in uh, Almost Human. Uh, This is relevant a little bit to, like, the... I, I was paying attention because I know that the episode order is not what it was intended to be. Um, episodes one, two, and three are actually were were filmed as episode one and then five and six, I believe. So yeah. you had a little bit of a like a jump, and that's why that seems that there's a slight, just a slight disconnect. And I I don't think that it's a flaw in any noticeable way. There's a slight, mm-hmm. like, the relationship between John and Dorian uh, accelerates a little bit. Like, they seem a little bit more casual in episode two than they maybe should be. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, I didn't pick up on the there being a disconnect at all. Like, I, yeah. I it seemed but, like it was too cozy, but it seemed like Dorian was just, like, invested in making it too cozy. So. Yeah. yeah. But, Seems like Dorian's trying real hard, and I love him for he's it. He's a sweet, sweet robot boy. <laughs> anyway, yeah. what I was going to point out is I think, actually, the reason they did that, and I think it was the right choice, because in episode one, John is, like, a huge douche. I mean, like, he's, you know why he's a huge douche, because he's, like, he's having a hard time. But he's, like, real, like, just grumpy and antagonistic and just, like, beating the shit out of that um, that guy they have detained. The hostage, yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's real heavy-handed on the, like, asshole behavior. And I think they jumped to an episode where he had calmed down a little bit to make him more likable. And I think that was the right choice because had he carried on with the the dickish, even had it become gradually more dilute, I think we as viewers would have got sick of that real quick. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. was um, he was a bigger dick in episode one than he was in episode two by a noticeable amount, and I think that in regards to like characterization, and pacing, that was the right choice to make him just like get over his shit a little faster and, like, get on with his life and, like, you know, start hanging out with his robot buddy and stuff. Um, so, we have come to the end of our, our successes and failures, and now we can jumble them all together and we can make a big decision about these first three episodes. Evan- hey, Ronald, is it working? Oh, uh, okay. I wasn't prepared for this. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's working. I told Evan earlier, like, I didn't take a whole lot of notes because I was, like, really invested in what was going on i was really excited about watching the show um yeah i there's of course some things that make me go but things you know, I think that make that the... you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. welcome to our new segment <laughs> um yeah i think that it uh the concepts that they're working through are probably concepts that are not that are not foreign to people who are into the uh you know the android trope um, on TV and movies, but I'm really enjoying the way that they're working through some of these uh, issues that plague not only the precinct but also society. And I'm uh, interested to see how they how they keep playing with that. Real quick, did you like the noodles? I didn't actually see any noodles. They just said they were going to get noodles. Oh, okay. Well, which is like eyes peeled for noodles. Watch then. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm sure they'll be going back for more noodles. I'm interested. Noodles like, Watch 2048. They, I feel like they they try too hard to make that a little like Sure, quirk. sure. Which, like, which means John I'm loves looking... noodles. Uh, well, that's that's a, so funny and humanizing. That's a Blade Runner reference without a doubt. Um, I've never actually seen Blade Runner. Oh. I haven't either. Okay. I'm um, just in charge I'm, of all I'm, the pop culture references then that this sure. show is making. I, I'm, a I'm bad far geek. more interested in the, uh, it'll be a Greek salad watch 2K17 <laughs> to see if uh, John actually eats a Greek salad as he claims to have done. Uh, At 10 in the morning. When Dorian smells his, uh, his, his olive oily knee. All right. Andy. Uh, and what? Andy. Yeah. I'm Andy. here. I'm right next to you. Is it working? You know, it is. And I this this might sound weird, but I really want Michael Ely mm-hmm. to play Jesus Christ. Um, I don't think that's weird at all. I think yeah. that's the best thing I've heard I, all I think, day. I think he's like my new headcanon for what Jesus looks like and acts like. Like, he's just so reassuring and positive, and I love him. I want him to get... And that jawline, though. Like, just like platonically, I want him to give me a hug and tell me I'm doing okay. Like, he he's great. What a good mm-hmm. actor and a good robot. He's a good robot. It amazes me that he's not in more stuff. Yeah, where is he right now? Uh, what I is he doing? I don't know. I hope he's in something. I hope he's making a lot of money. He deserves yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a goddamn good show. Uh, it's uh, it's hitting some like I, I'm I'm very obviously a, a huge nerd, and um, I can appreciate the stuff that it's borrowing from and paying homage to, uh, and I appreciate that it's doing it like real, real respectfully. And uh, it's not taking away from the the story that the show is telling on its own. It's definitely telling its own story and doing its own thing with the genre. But like, given salutes and nods, where where if you're a fan of that sort of genre, you're gonna pick up on it. Uh, Carl Urban and Michael Ely have an amazing chemistry. All the side actors are are doing great, except for maybe the dick cop. I I really don't like him or the character i I, like i don't know if i dislike the actor but i definitely dislike the character and uh yeah it's it's working it's doing real good i can't wait to see what happens next which is probably like the best praise i can give to the show Mm -hmm. evan yes ronnie is it working Ooh, it's working so good (laughs) yes give me some more of that show um yeah, besides having two very, very, very attractive uh, male leads who, like Andy said, just have just have awesome chemistry, like, you know, friends relying on each other kind of a way. Um, it, it gets into the sort of abstract nitty-gritty that I like about sci-fi. Robot free will, droid rights, like what's what's going on here? What's what's with these robots? Um, and also, like, I sort of like the grim dark aspects that you don't really like, Ronnie. I I like the, I mean, I don't I don't like it when people die in shows, but like that doesn't detract from it for me. Like I I, I like that it's almost dystopian. And, uh, well, I do think, like, Carl Urban's character gets away with violating people's rights a little bit too easily, 
um, in general, I think it's doing a pretty good job of like trying to be gritty. It doesn't feel like gratuitous and it doesn't feel like overblown and hokey. It feels like shit kind of sucks in well, in the not too distant future. Like I said, I think it's real interesting that it's like hitting this middle ground, like before everything's gone to shit, but you can see that, that it's that that it's about to happen. Typically shows or stories either pick up once everything's ruined and gone or or not. And mm-hmm. to see like a middle ground like everything's about to go to shit, but it hasn't yet is really cool. This is such a relief to watch after this. <laughs> after trust and oh, trust. I mean, yeah. No matter what the issues of this show are, it's like this is this is like a breath of fresh air. Now we can get reviews? into our we do not have any iTunes reviews. Uh, God damn but it. we did get an email from our favorite gonk droid, Junk210. Oh, Junk. How is our favorite gonk? He's doing well. He's doing good. How did he, he type said, it? He doesn't have any hands. He's just legs in a box. I mean, can't you just, like, don't droids have those little, like, screw, sonic screwdrivers that just jit out of their chest and they can, like, upload data to the internet? I don't know if gonks have that or not, but maybe they do. I don't. Here's the thing. I don't know what a gonk droid is, oh, but we'll keep, okay. we'll move right on past that. Yeah. They're, the ones, they're the ones that look like trash cans. And they go gonk, gonk, oh. gonk. Anywho, what did, what, did, what did Jonk say? He just sent us over his, uh, his uh, email. Not his email. Oh, my goodness. I cannot get my head out of, like, 2048 for the <laughs> life of me. Jonk said he loves the show. Really hope we uh, keep on going, which, uh, don't worry. Even if it's for our own sake, we are going to keep going. Um, and he said he's looking forward to hearing us talk about Almost Human, sent over his physical address, and you, sir, are getting a Christmas card this year. You yeah, better yeah, believe Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're new to the show, if you're picking us up at season three, if you write us an iTunes review, you are one, we love you, and oh, you, so you, are, you are part of our family if you leave us an iTunes review. And because of that, with Christmas coming up, we're going to send you a, uh, a holiday card. Uh, either email us and we'll just send it to your email, or if you would like a physical, in real life holiday card from Ending Pending, in that email, drop us your real life address and we'll send it. Junk numbers, whatever. Um, Two ten. Yep, that's what I said. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna send you a real life Christmas card. Yep, yep, and yep. Shout out to Sir Nee for apparently giving you a hard time to leave us a review. Good job, Sir Nee. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you would like to leave a review, you can go ahead and leave one uh, on our iTunes page. It's ending pending on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter. And, oh, my goodness, some people got to follow us on Twitter. I am lighting it up. Ronnie, you really do gifts. kill it on the, the Twittering game. I, I'm tr- I'm sorry that, like, I don't do as much on Facebook. But, like, Twitter is – I just hit the sweet spot with Twitter. And it's a whole different medium. And I'm doing real well. It – Ronnie's um, a twit. I, I, <laughs> I, I do feel like you've really found your voice on on Twitter, you. and thank like you. I feel like a proud parent. Like look at look at Ronnie go. He's making great jokes. Yeah, um, it's it's my voice in like like, it's the only voice I've ever had. Like I've been searching oh my God. For, my whole, for my whole life, and finally I found my message. My medium is on our ending pending Twitter account, and uh, it'd be really nice if you followed it. Uh, you are like the the nega version of Trump. Like like Trump is just spewing hatred and vile on Twitter, and and you're just like this bright light in a sea of darkness. Not, 
it's nothing but good, good jokes and spaghetti memes. Yeah. And we're all out of spaghetti memes now, so we got to move on to find something else. It's either Greek salad um, or noodles. I, I don't know what almost human is going to give you. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a food or, thing. Or that's that's the magic blood, that Twitter right? gives because you. Because they're, they're they're vampires. There's so much. Yes, the, there's the blood, um, and I believe there's like ectoplasm because there's ghosts on that show yeah. too. And Sam Witwer. Um, Bam! And Sam you didn't see it coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, um, so anyway, to follow that Twitter account, it's uh, <laughs> at Pending Pod on Twitter. You can still follow us on Facebook. Please definitely still follow us on Facebook. Uh, at ending pending and send us those emails pendingpod at gmail.com Woo! and hopefully soon we'll be able to have our uh maybe we'll get our don't scan my testicle shirt up on uh up on the ending pending store that doesn't exist i, I, um, I don't even know if the valiant sir knee would wear that shirt if we made it so we might have to come up with a better design well, Wait till you get to yeah. the dick episode. There's some choice. <laughs> there's some choice quotes in there too. I kind of want a shirt now with just Evan's face on it. <laughs> Go on, wait till you, you get, get to the dick, dick episode. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> would actually be relevant to two shows now. Apparently, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, wait. You thought Dresden Files was bad. Wait till you get to the dick episode, <laughs> and then like you thought Almost Human was good. Wait till you get right. to the dick episode. <laughs> and like 50 episodes from now, we'll be like, oh, this was a rough one. But it was like, boys, do you remember the dick episode? And we're like, oh, man. It's going to be a touchstone for the rest of the podcast. Anyway, uh, guys, this has been Ending Pending. And we're so glad that you're you're still with us. Uh, yeah. Please, please tell uh, your friends about us. Um, maybe mm-hmm. maybe uh, share an episode that you like and tell them to, to listen to it. Or uh, if you know someone who is a big fan of one of the shows we've reviewed, let them know that we're talking about shit they like. Yeah. And uh, like I said, keep an eye out for that store. We're going to have the Don't Scan My Testicles t-shirt maybe. And then maybe right after that, our second shirt will definitely, definitely be our fourth show that we're going to do this season, our Firefly shirt. You guys have been asking for it. Firefly's coming. No. Oh. No? No. No? no, why? We are never doing Firefly. 